All right, let's get into it. And we're back. Welcome to the Last Call Podcast. My name's Jamal and I'm joined 29 kilometers away. Ash Hetherington. It's 29 and a half kilometers, thank you. You, uh, forgot, to, you forgot to factor in the altitude. Yeah, half a kilometer up. 25 oh, stories up. Five. And living. He's got that uh, harbour view. That man's living half his life in the elevator getting up here. <laughs> I don't really have a harbour view. I've got a nice view of the river. I can see the port. See the spirit. Ah, oh, the spirit of Tassie. See the, the Westgate, all the cars going across the Westgate. See the Balti. Ah, uh, that's kind of a nice life to live. Coming at you soon, listener. We'll do a live podcast. Yeah, from the tw- from the twenty fifth floor, from the balcony. Yeah, from the balcony. Wait till the weather gets nicer. It'll be a balcony record every week. Ooh, absolutely. Hey, the one thing I am looking forward to when the weather gets good: golf. Oh, mate, I walk past the Albert Park golf course every day. That's good. I've played the front nine there before. Good, fun. I'm shit still, but good. I've never played it. I just see people playing the Queen's Road couple of holes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a miracle that more just like balls don't go sailing over that thing. I've, I've found a couple, I'll be honest. Because I normally walk from like, like about two full holes lengths Yeah. at lunchtime. And yeah, I've found a couple of balls. Yeah, no, fair enough. All right. So we get straight into it. Hit me. We got kind of kind of a list this week. Might not be over yet. Five seconds to go. Then about 13. 13. <laughs> Can you believe it? He's kicked 13 on the siren. 30 seconds on this real quick. Lance Franklin, 973 goals, 27 away. Is he going to make it? Not this year, he won't. As long as he plays on next year, he will. If he kicks... Two, I, I did the math. So, he's 27 away. We've got eight rounds. He's got an average... If he averages two goals a game, no, if he averages two goals a game until the last game, they play Gold Coast in round 23. If he's anywhere, if he's at 992, I reckon they might try to get him to 1,000. How many games do they have left? I believe we have seven. Seven or eight? Seven. Let's say eight. One, two, it's, three, it's... four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, let's say eight. Mm. And he's got, what, 27 goals to kick. Mm. So he's got to average. So for the next seven games, he averages two. He's got, that's 14. He'll be. I did not nine, math correctly. 987. So he's going to get 13 in the last game. I might look at his the schedule, but I think it's doable. If, if they get within eight of that last game, they might go uh, horses something. <laughs> I don't know. Horses Hectare. Horses Hectare with him and, I don't know, who is it? Who's up back for them? Sam Day? Will, no, Will Day's us. <laughs> who's it? Who's yeah, yeah, Sam Day. Sam Day. Yeah. 
Anyway. I, I doubt it somehow. I also doubt it, but like that was my hot take at the start of the year. So I hope it comes true. Also because Buddy's great. All right. We were talking about the pub. Um, future captains for each team. Um, now, I don't know if you have your list here, but what I've done. I did not create a list. It was a drunken yelling match. A drunken yell. I have, over, over beer pong. I have got the current captain who I think their next captain would be versus who I want their next captain to be. Okay, interesting. Um, I will I will chime in with who I think the next captain should be. Yeah, all right. So Adelaide, Sloan, he's 31. Yep. He's... I don't know. Most of these were tough because he just like... For it example, is, it, it's a really tough list to do. Western Bulldogs, Bont is 25. He genuinely could be captain for the next 10 years. Yeah. So their next captain might not even be born yet, kind of thing. <laughs> Denver Granger Barris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mia Favola. Um, <laughs> who I think their next captain will be? Uh, Dodie. I believe the Tom variety. Duday. Duday. Duday? It is Duday. Um, who I would like their next captain to be. And I do not remember his first name. I think it's Ben Keys. Yeah. Um, it is Ben. Not fair. I yeah, I think it should be Duday. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've figured out during this entire list is that I like captains to be either tough midfielders or uh center half backs. <laughs> yep, fair. Not uh, ruck not ruckman with um head bleeding issues. Was, to be fair, it was his eye on the weekend. Um, yeah, well, your eyes in your head. That's true, but it wasn't the traditional. Um, yeah, well, it wasn't the Voldemort rap. It wasn't the Voldemort rap. Brisbane, James Orko, thirty-two years old, getting up there. Who I think their next captain will be? Ooh, I've got Harris Andrews. Um. Who I would love their next captain to be. If Zorko gave up captaincy tomorrow, I would love Mitch Robinson to be Brisbane captain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, it's a hilarious call, but it's an absurd call. No, it is. Um, yeah, no, uh, McCluggage. Yeah, McCluggage. I just like Andrews in that. I don't think he was ever captain of the club, but that Scarlet. Yeah, no, I, I rate Andrews as a pick. That's a good pick. Um, but yeah, McCluggage, Neil's probably too old if you're thinking captain for the next while. Yeah, see, that's the other thing that's difficult is not picking a transition captain. And I almost changed the criteria to captain in five years. Yeah. To avoid the McAvoy style next hmm. captain. But I, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, Carlton, Cripps, 26, <laughs> probably will be captain for a very long time. The only other option I, I have. Uh, Walsh and Walsh. Yeah, you can't pick anyone other than Walsh. Right now, because I agree, it could be a Bont-style thing where he's captain for five years. And then he's Walsh. But Walsh is probably still the best choice then. But yeah, yeah no, I agree. A, a, a rough outsider for Jacob Wiedering? Yeah. yeah I don't know, like, like the leader type, but like that kind of solid all Australian back, but like Sam Walsh, obviously. Yeah, no, I can I can see it. 
Um, Essendon. Happy. No, you missed, you missed one. Up Collingwood. Pendles, 33 years old. Yep. Um, I've got who I think they'll go with. I think Taylor Adams or Darcy Moore. Mm-hmm. Who I would like them to pick is uh, Brody Grundy. Um, yeah, no fair shouts. I would like to see Darcy Moore the next captain. Mm. I think he's inspirational leader. I think he leads from the front. I think he'd do very well. Um, what the other guys put forward for Colin was sort of left field picks as somebody like a Jack Crisp or a Braden Maynard. I don't mind Maynard. Yeah, Crisp is a good chance. I feel like Taylor Adams is probably too old. Yeah, that's true. But then again, as as you said, maybe captain in five years, but I think Adams has a decent chance to be that transitional captain. Possibly. I think he's a little bit injury prone. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, Grundy and Moore are both good shouts, I think. I, I don't mind the Maynard call. Jack Crisp had the whole sex scandal, so it won't be him. That's true. And and that's the other thing is just like, this is from like very much an outsider's perspective. Yeah. Like, no, I, I just, I, Darcy Moore makes too much sense. I think he's very much I, a leader in my eyes. Um, all right. Essendon, Heppel's 29. Who I think they'll go with? Probably Zach Merritt. He's in the leadership group right now. He, did he, he, he's the one who got signed for that big deal, didn't he? Yep. Um, yeah. Who I want them to go for? Andy McGrath. Yeah, so speaking with somebody that obviously has quite a bit of knowledge of Essendon, it will be one of those two. Mm. Um, I personally, as much as I love Heppel as captain, I think he's a great captain. I think he's a great leader. I'd love to see them make Zach Merritt captain next year. Mm. Just as much of a... Like, not that Heppel's done anything wrong. And in fact, I think he's flourished as a leader this year. I would just love to see us be the type of culture and type of club that would be like, Zach Merritt has clearly bled Essendon for so many years. Yeah. And came out quite publicly and said, I want this club to get back to what it used to be. I will absolutely stay at this club if we get back to that. Yeah. For the last few years I've been here, it's been a shambles and it has not been that. Um, and for him to come out when he did, which is mid-June, take less money than he could have got and just say, I like the way we're heading. I would I would love Essendon management. I would love, I reckon it'd be a really good show of camaraderie and faith from the coach. And to be quite honest, Heppel to go, all right, clearly you, you are the guy that loves this club and, is like the inspirational leader and just say, all right, we'll get on your back and you take us forward. You're 20, what, five or six or seven. Yeah. You take us forward for the next six or seven years and lead us. Yeah, give him the keys. I think that's what Carlton did with Crips as well. Because I think Murphy had it and I know they're in very different situations, but like they were just like, this guy has been here for eight years and he's quite literally dragged them albeit to mediocrity, but he has been a shining light in what has been a pretty grim situation for the Blues. So, yeah, I think that's a, also a Heppel decision to make. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's because if Heppel wants to still be captain, you, I don't think you take it off him, especially the way he's played this year and the way he's led. Um, no complaints at all with him or his game or anything and put, going perfectly along. But he also seems the kind of guy to me that would be like, all right, Zachy, like you committed, like you made this big show of faith to, and it was it clearly hurt. Clearly the thing that really upset Zach Merritt was getting left out of the leadership group last year. Yeah. But she obviously got reinstated this year and was vice captain and things were rectified. And I think that that was reading from the outside. That was one of the big uh, pushes against John Worsfold was the fact that he got left out of the leadership group. Um, so I think it would be a big show of camaraderie, a big show of faith to say to Zach Merritt, all right, well, you got left out of the leadership group last year. You didn't crack the shits and you didn't like, you were open to a trade, but you committed to the club and you really knuckled down and everybody you listen to speaks about how, and especially before he signed, when all the questions were about, oh, will he stay? Will he stay? Like, do you think he'll stay? Will he go? Yeah. And just every single answer were always, look, I've got no idea. Clearly he's said publicly that he's looking at his options and he's not sure. But all I can say is that everything we see is he's so committed to driving this football club forward and he's so committed to raising the standards. Mm. Um, and I think it would be a good show of faith and good show of loyalty from the club to say, all right, well, you've done all this and you've shown your teammates this and you committed like very, not very early, but earlier than many people in your position would when you're probably commanding a million dollars a year. Yeah. Captain this football club, take us to finals, take us to winning finals. Let's start with finals. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's plenty of captains that have taken us to finals since 2004. Like, we've played finals, we just haven't won. Yeah. Who was the last captain of your finals there? Not a winning one, just when was the last time you made finals? Oh, it was 2018. Who's the captain then? 2019? It would have been Heppel. Heppel. Probably. Heppel. Yeah, Heppel. Anyway, we move. Fremantle. Freo. Fife, 29 years old. Surprisingly young still. I still think he's like early 30s. Um, who I think they'll go with? Uh, Hamish? Rachel, it's Andy. Hamish. Hamish. I think, yeah. 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 Andy's a Melbourne. Um, who I would like them to go with? Uh, Caleb Sarong or Michael Walters? I don't think Michael Walters will get it. I don't think he's the profile for it. Um, but then again, I was looking around the team and I was like, ah, could be Griffin Logue for all I know. Lloyd Meek. Yeah, big Lloyd. No, um, um, yeah, no, I don't mind Sarong or Brayshaw, I think. Oh, one of those two. Probably Brayshaw. Probably Brayshaw. Um, Geelong. This is the hard one. Selwood at 33. This one was interesting because if Selwood gave up the captaincy tomorrow and we don't know when, obviously... Like Say, hypothetically, Geelong win the flag this year, Selwood retires. I've got danger for the next two years. Um, 
outside of that, I've got who I would like them to make captain is Stewart or Guthrie. Um, or and what if what if Selwood keeps it for? He's probably only going to play next year, right? Okay, let's Wait. say Selwood two years from now retires. I I'd throw Duncan in the mix, actually. But isn't he also similarly old? So Patrick Dangerfield is thirty-one. Mitch Duncan. Mitch Duncan is he's thirty. Thirty. Okay. Um, we have Stewart then. But yeah, I think it has to be Guthrie. But also, he's like twenty-eight, isn't he? Yeah, they're not no spring chickens. They they're gonna give the captaincy to fucking Isaac Smith at this rate. So Guthrie's twenty-eight. So all right, for Geelong at least, let's change the question. Who is the captain of Geelong in six years' time? Um, let me just look up how old Tom Stewart is. He's God, he's twenty eight too. Jesus, yeah, yeah, well older than I thought he was. All right, so um, so it's really hard with John because they're so old. It is it, six years from now. It genuinely. It'll be somebody not on their list now. It has to be. They might be on their list now, but they might just be like... Yeah, but who? All right, if you're saying that they might be on their list, like, it doesn't have to be a definitive, obviously, but who could it be? Um, let me just look at their list real quick. Oh, Grind Myers, of course. Of course. But no, like, their young players are like Asava and... Kelly left, so they're um, Jordan Clark. Can't even get a game to be fair. Jordan Clark's no, he was in the VFL and he got injured, didn't he? Um, Jed Buse, I doubt Jed Buse is going to be a captain of Geelong. Uh, oh, Jack Henry's a decent shout. I like Jack Henry. Mm, I th- is he a captain though of an AFL club? Yeah, but you know. That's what they said about um, Ben Stratton. Did they? Yeah. The, Look, I, I agree. It's either going to be somebody you wouldn't expect or it'll be somebody that's not there now. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. But I, Geelong's the hardest of the 18 clubs to pick for me. My, my, Maybe not their next captain because they've got a few that could be the next captain. Yeah. But in terms of a long-term captain, the captain in five years, whereas most of these people that we're choosing will be the captain in five years, other than Bond, who will still be the captain in five years, and probably Cripps. My money's on Quentin Narkle. (laughs) (laughs) Narkle. Gold Coast. That's Wits and Swallow, who are both 28. Yep. Uh, Is Jared Wits only 28? I think so. I thought he was 37. Yeah, well, there's no Josh Fraser. Um, the obvious selection is Matt Rowell. Yep. Um, however, nope. I counter with nope. Jack Lacocious or re- uh, Tuke Miller. I reject both your counter offers. It's Matt Rowell and Matt Rowell as the vice captain. Yeah, well. And the leadership group. Can he stay on the field? Balls. And cap and captain of the reserves. 
Yeah, and coach of the reserves. And the seniors. All right. And CEO. <laughs> uh, GWS, Canelio, 27 years old. Um, Toby Green is the correct answer. Yeah. Move um, on. Hawthorne. Nothing, nothing else to be said. Absolutely not. McAvoy, 31 yep. years old. Now, if I had to put money on it, if McAvoy gave up the captaincy tomorrow, mm-hmm. it would be Jago O'Meara. For the rest of this year or ongoing? Ongoing. Interesting. Oh, yeah. However, in the Toby Green elk, I would love to see uh, one James Sicily. Yeah. It just absolutely has to be Sicily. It will be Sicily. Would have been Sicily this year if he didn't do his name. I think McAvoy is that transition captain that we've been talking about. However, if it's not Sicily, I genuinely think in five years' time, Will Day might be the captain of Hawthorne. Because there are such rave reviews coming out from the club and people who talk about him and like all the coaching staff. Yeah. And people around, yeah, people around the club who are just like, they love him. Don't hate it. What about Scrim? Leadership group. <laughs> Tuck him in. Yeah. Um, Melbourne, Gorney, 29 going on 45. <laughs> now, 45 meters. How he is only 29 is beyond me. Um, I've got Trark for who I think they'll go with. However, I would also like them to consider one Stephen May. Interesting. Um, because I love uh, captains who lead from the back, as, as I figured out. Um, but Trark, Clary's in for a shout, I think. Yeah, I think that is the... Look, Truck is clearly the the big yeah. Actually, I reckon Clary. Yeah, because I think Truck feels to me a bit dusty esque. Yeah, I was gonna say I know Danger wasn't there, but like Selwood Danger, where Danger is just like that player, but yeah. Selwood is like the grit, grind, and like the heart of the team. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no. Also, Clary's only 22, isn't he? He's young. Yeah, he's really young. Also, Smokey, Jake Lever. Yeah, I don't see. I, I like, you know, key, key backs. Um, I reckon Jake Lever would be a good shout as Melbourne captain. I reckon they've got a lot of good options going forward, which would be, regardless of who gets captain, going forward, even ask after Gorn retires, like a leadership group of Trark, Clary Oliver, Stephen May, Jake Lever. Yeah. You're on the money. On the money. We moved to Arden Street, uh, a black hole of football. Jack Zebel, currently captain at 30 years old. <laughs> a black hole of football. Um, who I think they will make captain next, uh, one Jai Simpkin who I would like them to make captain because he's one of the two good players on their team that isn't over the age of 30, Taron Thomas. Interesting. My pick is neither of those. Is it uh, Davies Unicky? It is also not Davies Uniac. Cameron Zerha. 
Uh, I, that was the other name. That he was, is he's so far and away the inspirational leader. Like you look at North Melbourne, there is one guy that you want to, if they're playing well, you just strap yourself to their back and it's Zerha. He's one of the few players who genuinely looks like he gives a shit. He is, a, to me, a genuine, obviously not in the same ilk, but a genuine sort of dusty Jake Stringer, just like, boys, I will take us there, jump on my back, and I will take us there, player. Yeah. Nah, fair enough. That's just, North is just just tough. Yeah. North is tough. Port Adelaide, um, one of my favourite things that they do is they give the captain to the number one. I think more teams should do stuff like that. That's all. Awesome. Not, any, not anymore, though, do they? Yeah. Oh, they they do. That's right. Yeah, it's Richmond that stopped doing that because Chris Newman had number one, and then Cochin got captain. He didn't take number one. Yeah. And I've always said I never liked Trent Cochin for how he won that Brownlow. Disgusting. Oh, but you love Sam Mitchell. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, one of the AFL's good guys. Um, I think Ollie Wines and Ollie Wines only. Um, yeah, it, it does feel a bit that way. Because, yeah, I, I looked at their squad and I don't think there's anyone in that, like, intermediate age that screams captain outside of wines. No, I agree. Only, yeah, it has to be only one. Um, Richmond, Cochin, 31, getting up there. Yeah, Richmond is another really interesting case who i think they will go for um now that i think about it presti is quite old um i think noah bolter um yeah um because again i it's almost like geelong their young players are just like eh like i when it genuinely might be shea bolton no, nah. Bolton's not the type of player to be a captain. I think if Cochin were to give it up this year, I would have my money and would be in full support of Nick Floston. I was going to say, if it's this year, Floston. Um, but yeah, like, is Grimes old? I feel like Grimes... Yeah, Grimes old. like 32. So if Floston's only 27... He looks old, Floston. Um, yeah, because he's been around forever and he's a hard nut. But, he's, but other than him, there's not that many younger players that are... Like, Bolter is the only genuine, like, good AFL player I can see leading them from the front. Because, like, you think of all their young players and they're all quite peripheral. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Which is why I think Floston's a good shout. Halfback, yeah. Chris Newman style, at least for, like, four mm. years, probably. Chris Newman. Woo! Um, so, Kilda. They have Geary and Steele as co-captains. Um, I think the only answer is Steele sole captainship. Yeah. Uh, genuinely, and it's cheating, but he's 25. He'll be the captain for seven years. Yeah. Geary's 32 and cannot stay on the park. Jack Steele is basically captain. Yep. Um, as it is. My Smokey is Seb Ross. So mine would be Rowan Marshall. I do like Rowan Marshall. I think he. All right, Seb. Uh, Jack Steele has to retire tomorrow. Jaron Geary. All right, and then once Jaron Geary retires at the end of the year, 
Um, like you said, Seb Ross. Do you think it's Seb Ross? I don't think it's if if it's tomorrow, because I think Steele keeps it. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, but if Steele has to retire tomorrow, I think it's Rowan Marshall. Yeah, it's fair. I think Membry's in for a decent shout. Um, but yeah, there's no one that screams it. Like Marshall, I think Marshall or Membry. I'd like Seb Ross though, just so he can uh, go on live television and absolutely tear Caro a new one. Uh, same, with, same with Tim Membry though. She gave just as much shit to Tim, yeah, Tim Membry. Joint captainship. Um, all right. Sydney, they have three captains. They have one JPK, Luke Parker, and Dane Rampey. Um, I think Parker will be the sole for whenever the other two retire because they're old. But I would like them to consider one Isaac Heaney. Yeah. Um, yeah. Parker's 28. So, yeah. That's not that old. Um, yeah, Heaney, yeah, I don't know. I reckon I'd almost prefer someone like a Florent. I like Ollie Florent. I think they have a lot of good young kids that'll come through. Heaney, I feel, can be that forward on-field leader without being the captain. Mm. Especially at Sydney, I feel like it's it's a very Sydney culture thing to have a, a big... Like, or not a big midfielder, but like a prominent midfielder as their captain. Yeah. No, I like it. Um, West Coast. They got Shuey, uh, who's 31. I think they'll go Elliot Yo. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. Smokey, Oscar Allen, I reckon. I've got Barass. Yeah, good shout. Uh, Actually, real good shout, Tom Barass. Yep. I take I take, I take Oscar Allen back. That is a better shout. Yeah, no, he's one of the best. Yep, key backs in the game. Love watching him play. Um, Western Bulldogs. They got Bond for the next fifty years. Bond forever, and then Denver Granger Barras. <laughs> <laughs> um, if Bond retired tomorrow, oh, I see. That's the problem because like McRae, yeah, Daniel Liber. I've got Bailey Dale. Bailey Dale. Bailey Dale. I know who he is, but just really, you know, you, you got his name right. You're right. That's Bailey. his name. <laughs> You're thinking Caleb Daniel. No, I was thinking the wrong Bailey. Who are you thinking? Bailey Smith. All oh, right. <laughs> Bailey Dale. Um. Yeah, no, I think it would... I reckon if Bond retired tomorrow, Libba. I think he should be captain. I love Libba. But the thing about Libba, and actually about Bond as well, is that they're both such inspirational leaders without any title. Mm. Yeah, they don't really need um, to have the captaincy to be a great on-field leader. No. But also, probably so much of um, captaincy is not about the on-field stuff because, as we've said, there's so many people can be that on-field leader. So it's probably about who is the best behind the scenes, who communicates the best 
Yeah, it's also probably between the coaching staff as well, which we just don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's entirely speculative. <laughs> but that's what this podcast is. Ah. It could be the it could be the subheading, the last call. Entirely speculative. Entirely speculative. All right, and that was the uh, list of captains and potential future captains. So there we go. Are you ready for a lament? Uh, let's do multi first. It's a quick multi. Alrighty, the multi this week is comfortably the smallest, quickest multi we have ever done. It's two legs. Barely classifies as a multi. Mate, what do you classify as a multi? Barely. Yeah, well, barely. Still a multi. It's a Wimbledon multi. And we're going men's winner into women's winner. Hey, where are we at in Wimbledon at the moment? Uh, London. What a stupid fucking question. <laughs> no, uh, we have just started the second round in the singles, despite not having finished the first round yet, because Kyrgios and Umber have still got to finish their match. Right. Um, yeah, we're on day three, I think. Uh, and so the, the first leg of the multi is a very, very ballsy bet. We're on Bernard Tomic at... No, no, no. no. We're, we're on Novak Djokovic at a whopping price of $1.62. And we're taking Ash Barty at the short price of $5. And the multi is paying $8.10. It's 50% guaranteed. So if you believe Ash Barty can get on it. Is Djokovic that certain to win Wimbledon? Yeah, well, Roger's finished. Rafa's not playing. Everyone else is shit. Hey, hey there's a road to, road to Kyrgios. So basically, Ash Barty's $5, but she's, if you take her with Novak, $8.10. Love to see it. Get on it. And that's this week's multi. Hey. Absolute belter. Hey, uh, Osaka isn't playing, is she? Uh, well, no, she'd have to do a press conference, so she'd be... She dropped out of the French Open. That's what that was. She dropped out of the French Open because she'd have to talk to people about tennis and get paid millions of dollars for it. Poor girl. You ready for a rant? Yeah, that won't be my rant at all. Go for it. Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays... Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. something that's... After hearing that Grandpa Simpson snippet of the uh, sting, it does remind me. Do you watch Rick and Morty? No, I do not. Oh, how disappointing. Our listeners will be so disappointed. (laughs) All one of them. But also I'm disappointed. Yeah, well. Almost so disappointed that I don't want to make this an interactive rant anymore, but I still will need to. 
because it is something you raised before, so I assume it's something you want to uh, talk about. Mm. What's the nicest way I can phrase this? Um, the green maggots. Ugh. Good God. I would just like to preface this discussion by saying when Dermot Broughton is saying that Essendon got crucified Saturday night, that's when you know you've got a problem. Oh, Dermot, Dermot has declared Essendon was robbed. We've got an issue. Yeah. And it's it's not just that it is a one episode, one episode, one match thing, like a one round thing. They've just genuinely been awful all year and getting worse. Mm. No, for, for me, it genuinely started. Um, Easter Monday when I first started noticing it that CJ tackle in the forward line that didn't get called and then most notably recently that St Kilda Sydney game where they had that the two flops and then I think it was Mark Dean Margetts is having an absolute shocker of a year yeah and that's the thing we can handle as supporters we can handle Interpret interpretations. Yeah. Um no, that's the word, isn't it? Yeah, no. <laughs> in in interpretations that we don't agree with yeah. and that we think are ridiculous, but only if they're consistent. We cannot handle bizarre interpretations that then next round or next minute or to the other team are not paid or are paid differently. Surprisingly like, enough, the one thing that they've been very consistent on this year, which I was absolutely outraged on at the start of the year, is the stand rule. Yeah, actually, and for the most part, other than Kyle Hardigan's abrogation on Sunday, they've been pretty consistent on paying ridiculous deliberate out-of-bounds. Hmm. But the one that really frustrates you is holding the ball. Like holding the ball has been, and the problem with holding the ball is there's like three different rules. There's incorrect disposal and holding the ball and like dropping the ball, dropping the ball. And then you've got like genuine attempt, no genuine attempt, prior opportunity, no prior opportunity. And it's like the cross matrix of the application of the criteria to the rule. It's just so in fairness, the umpires, it is hard to understand, but yeah. and it's easy to understand why they're so inconsistent, but it's so frustrating and unacceptable yeah. how inconsistent they are. It's 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 to the point where I don't think it's the umpire's game to game, but it's something that needs to be rectified at like the higher level. It needs I don't know who's the head of umpiring nowadays. I don't know if it's still Wayne Campbell. No, it's um Dan Richardson, the guy that was the football manager of Essendon. But the problem is he answers to Steve Hocking, who's the head of football, who just has absolutely no idea what's going on. That is also just like, that is just the wrong thing to do. I feel like the umpiring should be separate from, not the AFL, but like there needs to be like separation of church and state kind of thing. The problem is there's so much crossover between prior opportunity and incorrect disposal and holding the ball no yeah no prior opportunity and 
incorrect disposal and holding the ball and no prior opportunity. They're, they're basically the same thing. Yeah. Just in But they're two different rules basically equating to the same thing. So no wonder there's inconsistencies. Yeah. But it's just, it's just so frustrating when you've got like the, the umpire interprets this as, oh, well, that, that's, a, that's a holding the ball free kick rather than an incorrect disposal free kick. And then this umpire says, and then applied to different incidents. And it's, it is untenable the way that they are trying to umpire the game. Yeah, no. And I, it's like, and I've uh, lived a life where Hawthorne have been uh, quite uh, favoured by the umpires in my lifetime. But like, even then, like, just taking away my fandom, you're just like, that is just a ridiculous call to make. That's how you know it's a really ridiculous call is when you are completely biased because it's your team yeah. and you get a free kick and you're just sitting there like, well, that's not a free kick. Yeah. And that happened a bunch of times on Sunday at the Hawthorne GWS game. We were sitting there and you, as the, one of the biggest Hawthorne supporters I know, were just like, well, that's not a free kick. Or yeah. that is a free kick. Yeah. You know, like, wouldn't call Like, the oh, you remember in our like little pocket area where they were just like, who throws? Yeah, yeah. And Simon Meredith, who's umpired 403 games. Wow. Standing right there. Mate, you, we don't get more experienced than you. How can you not see that? Yeah, it's like, it's him and Hayden Kennedy. The only per- person that saw it apparently, other than the entire crowd, was the fucking human air horn that was below us. <laughs> no, it, she wasn't below us. She was below us, and then on the other side of the <laughs> wing, <laughs> she, she was clearly uh, like measuring how long they were taking to take the kick. Is like any day now, umpire. I'm like Jesus, and she'd clearly been doing it for like thirty years because her voice was just like a chainsaw. Yeah, she sounds like um, it was a Patty and Selma. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well that's true maybe she smoked a pack a day for 30 yeah, a pack years. a day for fucking her entire lifetime so yeah no umpires are not having a good year to say the least um you say yeah i it's just a yeah. weekly thing at this point there's, no, there's at least how many times we can uh what is it go over old ground Absolutely. So as not to go over old ground and not to rehash anything at all, give me the redraft. I'll give you the redraft. I've got just a random sting. Here we go. Leo Barry, you star. Quarters, you love to hear it. You do love to hear it. Um, We were talking about the 2016 draft and about how Shea Belton's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, So I actually redrafted uh, the top 10 of the 2016 draft. In number one, Essendon took Andrew McGrath. They take Andrew McGrath. Really? Yeah, really. I just, I like the fit. And I know it's 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 hard because when I was looking at it, I was thinking fit right now. Which is... Honest, honestly, I agree. Hmm. But you are the only person that has agreed with me. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, Andrew McGrath's like 
very good AFL player at this point. Outside yeah. need. And especially for what I said in need, yeah. Uh, 100%, I don't regret us taking him at number one. No, absolutely. GWS, um, I've moved McCluggage up one. Yep. Pluggage to GWS, Toronto at three to Brisbane. Um, at four, the Gold Coast took Brendan Ainsworth. Is that his name? Ben? Ben. Ben. Ben Ainsworth. I have them taking one Tom Stewart. I know he's uh, an older, what was it, mature age draft pick. Yeah. The player he is now. Um, one of the best intercept backs in the game. Honestly, probably the best intercept back to the game. Um, and Gold Coast could do a lot better than one Ben Ainsworth. GWS, another pick in the top five. Are we surprised? No. They took Will Setterfield. I have them taking Essendon's Jordan Ridley. Jordan? Yep. Jordan Ridley. Um, came from nowhere to win a... Uh, fuck, what's your medal? It's the Crichton medal. Crichton. 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 Um, yeah, solid AFL back. About as solid as they come. Um, Carlton took Will Petrevsky seaton Was it Sam? Uh, Sam. Is this a six? This is a six. I have them taking Tim English of Western Bulldogs fame. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like very good Ruckman are hard to come by. Absolutely agree. And he's quietly a very good key forward as well. Yeah. No, he's definitely a McAvoy type, but just more athletic and yep. on a, a higher ceiling. At seven, Gold Coast, they took my boy, Jack Scrimshaw, but here they are taking one. Greatest player of all time, greatest human to grace the planet Earth. Michael Jordan. Maybe a Chol. No, Shea Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> they are taking Shea Bolton at seven. Look, Looking at the rest of the draft, I, pr- I could have put him higher. I don't rate him as high as the rest of the AFL media do. But at the end of the day, I was looking at his stats and he is a very good AFL player. And honestly... In this transition period that the Tigers are going to go through in the next two years, um, I think they'll need him a lot. Uh, yep. Uh, what am I up to? Eight? Yep. Hey, Mantle. Took Griffin Logue. I have them taking Sean Darcy. They got him in the end, but uh, Sean Darcy is a very good ruck. Again, hard to find. Uh, actually, not hard to find, but like good rucks are more pivotal. I feel like if he like Sam Draper got a what? <laughs> what did St Kilda offer him? Eight hundred thousand across four years, I reckon, before he played a game. Yeah, when he was in the VFL. Yeah, and we see what Sam Draper's doing with Essendon now. Rucks are very important. Having said that, St Kilda clearly recognised early the importance of a good ruck combo. Yeah. Um. At nine, Gold Coast took Will Brody. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have them taking Ollie Florent. Ollie Florent was in that draft. Ollie Florent wasn't that draft. He was pick 11. 
So I've moved him up a couple of spots. I really Jesus. like Ollie Florent as a player. Um, yeah, the Gold Coast have missed the entire draft. They had three top 10 picks and they took Ben Ainsworth, Will Brody, and Jack Bowes. Yeah. Um, and for the last Gold Coast pick, I have them taking Griffin Logue, a solid um, key back. <laughs> and just to note, Fremantle in this 2016 draft drafted Luke Ryan, Griffin Logue, Brennan Cox, and Sean Darcy. Did they have a type? Uh, tall and preferably key back. Um, so, yeah, that's my redrafting of the top 10. Um, all right, I'll go through that 10 and do more. See, yeah. my biggest differential to yours is consistent with my di- biggest differential to Jell and Jude. So maybe I am the mistake. But you got Shay Bolton at uh, Gil McLaughlin's spot at CEO. <laughs> no, no, he's number 40. No. Um, so I'm also going McGrath one, mm. McCluggage two. Then I'm going Stewart three, Ridley four, Bolton five. Jesus. English six, Florence seven, Tim Taranto eight. Jesus. Then Sean Darcy and Griffin Logue. Oh, we have the same top 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I haven't looked at the rest of them, but I, I think that was my top 10. Yeah, no. Um, I don't have the full list in front of me. I'm just going off your top 10, reordering it. But yeah. Tim Taranto appears to be the, the one that I don't rate as much as I should. Yeah, no, it, like I thought I rated him a lot less, but then I looked at his stats. He's averaging 29 touches. Yeah, his stats are good. He's one of the best and fairest, I think. Yeah, six tackles and five clearances. He yeah. is like, and what I like about the AFL websites <laughs> is that they have like, whether this is like above average or regular or elite, like he's elite in three out of the six categories. Like, look, yes. I agree. His stats are elite. But you're telling me you would prefer Taranto to Tom Stewart? Yeah, that's true. And that's that's also another thing I had problem with was just like, are you taking for fit at that time or just who they are right now? Like, you know, it's got to be in hindsight because obviously at the time it's probably a fair enough draft. Yeah. But in hindsight and counting apart Stewart's age because he's mature age, obviously. But in terms of how good the players are, I think I would rather McGrath in my team. I'd rather McCluggage in my team. I'd rather Stewart and Ridley and Tim English and Shy Bolton and Oliver Florent than Tim Taranto. Florence probably a 50-50. Uh, Florence definitely 50-50, I think. I reckon McGrath, yes. McCluggage, yes. Stewart, yes. Ridley, yes. English, yes. Shy Bolton, yes, probably. Yeah, it, I, I genuinely don't think and this is like where I had trouble with those like GWS's backline is the problem at the moment. Like I'd, if anyone, I'd take team English over Taranto right now. Yeah. But they just Taranto is a midfielder. Yeah, I know. No, but like he's, 
I don't think he's not the problem, but he's just like, eh. Like it's not like yeah, but he he's a he's a pivotal cog in GWS's midfield, and their midfield is absolutely the problem. Whitfield, Kelly, Taranto, whoever else is in there should be doing much better than they are. Yeah, no, and I think like if GWS take Taranto again, which like they may well have, it's just you just look at Gold Coast and they're just like, who did you draft? How did you miss this badly? I mean, didn't Taranto go two? Toronto went two. So they could have had anybody other than McGrath. So they could have taken McCluggage. Mm. Would be a star at GWS. Imagine Tom Stewart in the GWS backline. Is he Jordan... good in a GWS backline though? Yeah. Yeah, no, he is. Jordan Ridley in the GWS backline is a star. Tim English in the ruck for GWS. They could have taken English or Darcy. And they would be great. Yeah, but Stuart's better than Darcy. English is better, yeah. Sorry, yeah, English is better than Darcy. Um, yeah. No, look, Taranto's definitely been a good player for them. And I, I'm probably being a little bit dismissive of how good Taranto has been. But yeah. Yeah, no, I, I just, that's fair. Like, it's up for debate. But again, uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> the entire point of this podcast. Um, all Speaking right. of, would you like to get to the who am I? I would love to. Let me, here we go. All righty. Are you ready? Probably not. <laughs> I can confirm it's an AFL fight. Fantastic. Um, Shay Bolton. Oh, he's got it in six. <laughs> no, no, it's not Shabon. Um, Five points. I was drafted to Essendon with pick 36 in the 2006 AFL National Draft. Um, 2006. I know it's not him, but I just want to say the name Angus Monfries. It is not Angus Monfries. Because I remember he lost you guys a game against Hawthorne in 2005. So. Four points. <laughs> I played exactly 100 games in my AFL career. And in my first five AFL matches, I was nominated for goal of the year five times. What? Really? Five times in my first five AFL matches, including two in Anzac Day in my first year. Zaka? Not Zach. What about fake Zaka? Also not fake Zaka. Uh, three points. My brother and my cousin both played AFL, one of whom won a brown low medal. What did you say? Brother and cousin. Brother and cousin. And the cousin won the brown low. Just says one of whom won a brown low. Uh. Um, all right. 
I don't remember Stephen Cooney playing in the AFL. <laughs> <laughs> um, not next point. I was known for my incredible lack of height. But despite this, I played international rules for Australia in 2013. Lack of which height. was also my last year in the AFL. They draft 2006. I look like he, he was just about the shortest player in the competition. Nah, no idea. For one point. My twin sons are both set to be drafted father-son to Essendon in coming years. With many people thinking the only reason I got to 100 games was James Hurd's incredible foresight to ensure my boys were eligible to be a father-son pick. No, nah, I have no idea. Who is it? My, my nickname was Froggy. Not Love It Murray. It is not Nathan Love It Murray. It is Alwyn Davy. Ah, oh, Alwyn Davy. Brother Aaron Davy, cousin Gavin Wanganen. Oh, really? There you mm. go. I was thinking Jeff Farmer for a bit, but I know he didn't play for Essendon. <laughs> Alwyn Davy. Yeah, he was short, wasn't he? He's tiny. Yeah, mercurial even. <laughs> Fucking hell, Alan Davy. Wait, who's coming? Is he? Did he play for Melbourne for a bit? No, that was his brother, Aaron. Aaron. Davey. Aaron Davy played for Melbourne. Alan Davy was the shitter one and played for Essendon. Tough. Legitimately, people. Alan Davy apparently played his last seven games solely because his kids looked like they would be good at footy. That is incredible. By <laughs> that is like five D chess, Catherine King style, James Hurd style. Yep. No, 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 we're not crediting this to James Hurd. <laughs> in in 2013, while we were going through the drama of the fucking drug saga from the year before. Wow, they kept he, him on. His his kids were ten, mm. and Hurd he was like, "No, you'd better keep playing." We're going to be shit anyway. You keep playing just so those boys of yours will be eligible to play for Essendon. That's incredible. And he played ex- exactly 100. Is that the criteria? Just 100 games? Yeah. yeah, 100 games for a club. There you go. Wow. That's a good one. I haven't thought about Alan Davey in a minute. Thank you. Hit All me right. with the last call. I've got one more thing before a last call. Ooh. Um, what do I want to play? Fuck it, Bruce. Here we are. Spanger getting it back from Shields. Goes down the line. Oh, I hope this stays in. It does. Keep going. Oh, yes. Now it gets really interesting. Two bounces. He's caressed it down his throat. He's what? Um, I was going through some of my more fond uh, moments from old sporting events, reliving times of the the triple premiership winning team, which led me to the year 2016, which now that uh, I... Ah, uh, uh, yes, because Hawthorne were dominant in 2016 and won the flag comfortably. 
Oh, this is this is the point. 2016 is one of the worst sporting years of my entire life. 2016. My uh, let's start with AFL. You realize in 2016, Essendon had all our players rubbed out, and we were running around with players like Mitch Brown and Shannon Burns. Hey, I won't take any Shannon Burns slander on here. And the entire build-up to the season was, will Essendon win a game? Could they be the worst side ever? And we beat Melbourne in round two. Yeah, well, it is what it is. But I'm talking all my sports teams. So, first of all, AFL. Hawthorne finished third. Got swept in the finals. Got oh, beat. woe is me. Got beat by Collingwood. Hodge, Mitchell Lewis. Ah, uh, Mitchell Lewis. Hodge, Mitch, and Lewis got shipped out of the club. Grim. Oklahoma City Thunder made it to the Western Conference Finals and were 3-1 up versus Stephen Curry's Warriors. We blew that lead, and then our best player, Kevin Durant, left to join said Warriors. Yeah, not ideal. And to top it off, the cherry on top of the cake, one Atlanta Falcons made the Super Bowl in 2016 and were 28-3 up at halftime versus the New England Patriots. And Tommy Brady came from the clouds! And we managed to lose that game from being up halftime at 28-3. We lost 34-28. to I remember that game because I was talking to Fitzy at halftime of the Super Bowl and I said, well, you know, if anybody could win it from here, it was Tom Brady. And he fucking did. Which (laughs) capped off the worst sports season of my life. So there's 2016. Um, I'm so glad you took us all on that throwback. Yeah, it is what it is. A really sad time for you, but also for almost everybody listening to this podcast, they would love to have their three teams in the final. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, last call. What are we feeling? Mate, let's just all jump on the Nick Kyrgios bandwagon. By the time this is published, it will either be he'll be eliminated or he'll be through to the second round. But for now, let's get up and about. Kyrgios, let's go. We're on the Kyrgios train. There's no Fed. There's no Nadal. Djokovic is a wanker. No, no, there's Fed. Oh, there's Fed. Federer's playing. Fed's it's washed. Just Nadal's out. Federer's 76. Yeah. He's washed. Yeah, Rokovic is a wanker, anti-vax, anti-lockdown. We hate him. <laughs> ah, phenomenal. Um, all right, I got some soccer stuff to throw you away, <sighs> but we're not starting with the Euros. We're starting in Copa America. There is a gentleman by the name of Ben Brereton, born in Stoke, England, plays for Blackburn. However, his international team is Chile. <laughs> what? Born in England, plays in England, international team, plays for Chile. Apparently, his like grandmother is Chilean. <laughs> so he was just like, I'm not good enough to play for England. I'll fuck off and go play in Chile instead. What's the qualification criteria? Oh, yeah, no, I know somebody that likes chilies in their food. 
Mate, it is not that far off. The qualifications for international soccer, you can, it is a big reach. Mate, I could play for Indonesia. That's how, <laughs> that's how uh, lax they are. You absolutely should do that Mate, just for the podcast. I was going to say, I reckon I'm about as athletic as anyone in Indonesia. What are the odds? Ah, what was Joe, the Joker at? $1.62 to win Wimbledon? 2024 in Paris. We'll get a media license and we'll come over and we'll support you. Sounds good. Um, more Euros, it's coming home. I've always, I've always said it. England, we're always going to be good. No. England v Germany this morning. Um, England comfortably beat Germany. Um, and they're on the easy side of the draw, so it's pretty much outside of... Uh, they, they should be making the final. Um, however, France and uh, Portugal are both out. So, you know, we'll see where we go. But the Euros has officially wrecked my sleep schedule. And, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, however will you get up to go to work? Mate, I'm unemployed. Don't rub it in. <laughs> All right, what do you got? Um, we probably haven't talked about the ending of the World Test cr- Cricket Championship since. No, we haven't. That occurred. It was a big Kyle Jamieson was the hero. Jamal's mate. Oh, my boy, KJ. His mate, KJ. Fuck you, India. It's nice to see New Zealand finally get retribution after they were robbed in the World Cup last year. I, I missed that. What what happened in the World Cup? So it was a draw. Yeah. And then they played a super over and it was another draw. So instead of playing another super over, they adjudicated it on who had won the who had hit the most boundaries. Which I think England had hit one more boundary than New Zealand, so they won on boundary count back. Well, that just seems a little bullshit. So after after England were chasing about six off two, and a New Zealand player threw it in and it hit Ben Stokes's bat and went for four, which wasn't Stokes's fault. In fairness, like he, he, you can't choose not to run if it goes for four. So it wasn't his fault, but it was an absolute bullshit decision. No, I just love seeing uh, India lose um, in the way that they beat us pretty much in the third test. Oh, 100%. It was nice to see India get fucked up. Yeah. Um, Pant continues to be one of the wildest batters in international cricket. And most entertaining. Clearly the most entertaining batsman in international cricket. Get around him. Get around him. Um. All right, I've got one more thing. The last, Hit me. the last ninety seconds of the Suns versus Clippers game in the NBA game two lasted thirty minutes. The last ninety seconds. Sorry. Lasted thirty real minutes due to the use overuse of technology because they basically had to review everything. Yeah, look, it's it's extreme, isn't it? But I mean, 
the the end of important basketball games in the NBA have lasted far too long for ages. So, oh, and it it like I love basketball. Don't get me wrong, but it just turns you off. Like I remember watching the Thunder v Rockets last year, and the genuinely the last minute took about like I was in a lecture, and it took like the last five minutes took an entire lecture. Like an hour. Yeah, no, no, hundred, hundred percent. I we used to watch it at school, and it'd be like the last quarter would take a double period. What? Yeah, no, it's it's a problem that they need to fix, and I think they are trying to rectify it. But yeah, um, no Lakers, no. Um, yeah, that's the NBA playoffs are being panned. actually Rafa lost anyway, so fuck the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, and Penrith. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Well, when we come back next week, maybe the Euros might be done. Oh no, the Euros have got two more weeks. But you know, it is what it is. Any any last points before we wrap it up? Um, just to say that the IPL is now going. No, sorry, not the IPL. The Cricket World Cup is now going to be played partially in the uh, cricketing powerhouse of Oman. <laughs> because I remember all those times that Australia have been clinging to a test match against the powerhouses of Oman. If you put a world map in front of me right now, I could not pick where Oman is. I would probably point it out next to the UAE because it's UAE and Oman. But other than that, I would have thought it was like... Northern Africa ish slash Middle East. Uh, yeah, again. Yeah, no, no clue. Is, is there a reason? Well, I assume it's because it's secure ish and close to the UAE. Sure, why not? Well, sure. Yeah. Now, maybe <laughs> Fast and the Furious 10 have an agreement to film there in preparation for their launch to the moon. And they're going to fly all the way up to that. What's the tallest tower called? Like the Burj. But no, they did that in Fast and the Furious 7. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm behind. Mate, they, they've got two movies to go, Fast 10 and Fast 11. Uh, they went to space in this one. They genuinely have to go to the moon in the next one and the sun in the last one to top shit. Or, or, the, or the moon and then Mars. That's the I, only way they can keep going. They go moon and then they do street racing on all 300 of Jupiter's rings. Or isn't that Saturn? Saturn's rings. Or maybe they go inner Earth. Ah. Ah. Straight down to the core. Race to the core. Race to the core. Actually, I'm going to be honest. There's two movies to go. I wouldn't really hate if the last one was just them a full return to just street racing. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Walker comes back. The problem they've got is, as of the end of Fast 9, the villains they still have, or the people they have out in the open, uh, Charlize Theron, Jason Statham, and The Rock. Mm. Like, it's difficult to have those three just out of the open, just in the atmosphere of the universe. And, just and then just go, you know what? 
Los Angeles street racing. It's like, I'll race you for your car. And he's just like, hold on. We were just fighting an international <laughs> terrorist before. Sorry? Yeah, it's too far gone. Oh, okay. We got it. We're back. Sorry. I was watching the tennis on Gem and it just all of a sudden switched to Law and Order SVU. I don't know. I've never seen any of them. Hey, you're not missing out on much. All right. Well, <laughs> on that bombshell. It's been an absolute belter. Thank you for joining us. Last four podcasts, action and last words. That's fucking Angus Sampson is the ref. Oh, it's it's all a comedy. Who knew? <laughs>